You're listening to the Fantasy Football Astronauts. What's going on, everybody? This is Daniel Harms of the Fantasy Football Astronauts, and we are here today with one of the best Dynasty follows on Twitter. Make sure you check out everything that this guy does. Scott Belanger, also known as Jax Valcone on Twitter. You can find him at Dino Game Theory. How you doing, man? Oh, thanks for having me, man. I'm doing I'm doing fantastic. That's great. I'm glad that we can have you on. This will give us a little bit of a, a different dynamic to the show because we are going to talk about redraft in this year, but also with some of the topics, we can talk a little bit about fantasy or about dynasty and sure. really get a good outside perspective because we always talk about, well, what does it mean for this year? But we want to know about this year and in the future for some of these players that we're going to talk about. So I have one question for you off the top. How do you feel about victory lapping right after week two? Like how, how do you feel about that specifically? Oh, everybody knows I am the, I'm a victory lapper, you know, known as the receipt King on, right. uh, on Twitter. So I think it's fun. I mean, you're bound to be wrong anyway. Like if you were right about Juju in week one, you were wrong about him in week two. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a bunch of players like that, you know, Justin Jefferson, he's the greatest of all time. And he didn't dud out, but it's not like he did anything in week, week two. So th- th- this is par for the course. I mean, if you go back and look at any, you know, season, you'll see these peaks and valleys, spikes and dips and, and so, yeah, yeah, get your victory laps in, man. Who gives a shit? You know, I mean, you're bound yeah. to be wrong anyway. So when you're right, just, you know, throw some flags out there. I love it. I love it. Because we're going to talk a little bit about some victory laps. Two guys I'm going to talk about specifically, Amon Ross St. Brown, Curtis Samuel. Now, Samuel was two years ago for me. I had him when he got over to the Washington, now the commanders, and then the football team. I like to call him the footballs. Uh, he was held not healthy. So he couldn't really play this year. Now he has, a, for whatever reason, Carson Wentz is having a little rejuvenation early. I know it's early. We'll talk about that probably later during the season when he has his eventual come down. But Curtis Samuel has been one of the most targeted players and most fantasy productive players in the NFL already. Two weeks in, obviously, you have a lot of things to work with there. But 133 yards, two touchdowns. He's looking very comfortable. He looks healthy. And honestly, he's taking over in terms of the number we quote use quotes number one player in that offense outside of Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin will get his eventually, but I think that the gravity that Terry McLaurin has with a guy like Carson Wentz allows Curtis Samuel to eat a little bit. And everyone last last year after Amon Ross St. Brown just had his had his five game stretch, and I was like, well, that's not going to happen again. Look what's coming back. All the healthy players are coming back, and now we see that it's just Dan Campbell understanding he's got a really good player that he happened to get late in the draft, the fourth round last year. He's just a really good player, finds ways to get open. And I think that at the end of the day, when we have all of these things, they just, they find a much better way to coincide with each other. So I I think that what they're doing easily right now is just getting the best players on the field. So I'm going to victory lap. I'm on our St. Brown because he's clearly going to keep getting that usage as well as Curtis Samuel. What about you? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. No, I love that. I mean, Good call. I mean, Curtis Samuel was kind of a, I don't know about an easy one, but like mm-hmm. the, there's some of the, you know, I did sort of a pre week one team by team breakdown just real quick. Mm-hmm. And, you know, definitely Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson were the, yeah. the, the, the two sort of clear. So, so, some teams, you're not sure who's going to get the targets, who's even going to play. Exactly. Um, you know, uh, and then some teams like, you know, obviously like Cincinnati, you're like, Oh, I know exactly what's going to happen. It's going to be, Higgins and and Chase and Boyd for a little, not much tight end mm-hmm. mixing everywhere. Like you just kind of know the team. And I felt like even though the even though the C words Washington that is, I call them the C words. 
even though the C words were like, you know, maybe they were going to be good. Maybe they weren't. Maybe they're going to suck. Who knew? Mm -hmm. But you basically knew who was going to play and where they were going to play. And it was like Samuel's going to be the slot, Dotson and McLaurin outside. And so, you know, it was, a, it was smart to throw a dart on them. In terms of Amon Ra, I mean, it's – look, there, there was – it was harder to think that he was going to be a bust because mm -hmm. no player has really ever done what he's done in year one and then busted. It's really rare. You know, I mean – juju i guess but he hasn't even really busted either so yeah. yeah it's just really hard to find guys that have gone you know maybe sammy Watkins or what i don't know there, there's there's just not very many guys that do what he does and then just fall flat on their face and the argument against him was like well you know tj hawkinson it's like i don't know man i, I don't think that's a very good reason so um anyway those were great calls by you and uh you know for me it was devin duvernay i mean not for week two but just mm -hmm. for you know um you know, week, you know, week one and, and, and he, he sort of saved you with the, with the kick return touchdown, but that's kind of what he does. He's kind yeah. of a big play guy. You know, he can just have one rush attempt and get you a yeah. touchdown. So, you know, if he gets any volume, it's just a bonus, but he's kind of a big play potential touchdown every single week. Yeah. I love that. I think he would have saved them week two had he been healthy, you know, he got injured in that game, but still yeah. breaks open the game in the very first play by taking it to the house for a touchdown. Yeah. So he was bound to get a little bit more in that game. He stays healthy. So I love that call. I think that he's for me specifically, when I looked at the Baltimore offense, it was harder for me to just assume that he'd be that guy. I thought that Prochet would be more of an option, but he got hurt in training camp and in practice. And obviously Rashad Bateman has been great. So that's good. I, I love seeing, Guys like Devin DuVernay succeed, and I love that call by you. So we're going to do something now that I, I did start last year. It's called Trust Them or Bust Them. And we have every single week players that go off and players that don't really do well based off of what we think. So we assume that some players aren't going to have the best games, some are going to have good games, and maybe they don't do that. So from the quarterback position, Tua Tagovailoa, okay, 38.86 fantasy football um, data, or fantasydata.com. This is a very a fun one for, I think, a lot of people. This is a game that maybe most people saw going a different way, especially after Baltimore came out and just kind of put a, a foot down and said, we're going to beat you. Tua comes out and then he, in the second half and starts throwing it all over the yard. We had some coverage busts on Baltimore's spot. We have some Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. How do you feel about Tua Tungarello's game and how do you think you can, you're going to treat him specifically for this year and in Dynasty with what we see in the makings of a Mike McDaniel offense? It's a great question. I, I actually am a believer. Um, mm -hmm. Ultimately, you know, I think, you know, the weapons and the offense matter. You know, I'm a, I'm a, Very I'm much. originally from Boston. I'm living in California, but you know, uh, had some season tickets to the Patriots and been a Patriot fan my whole life. So I've watched Tom Brady, and it's like, oh, we'll have up and down years, mm -hmm. and then we all thought he was no, not me, but everybody was like, oh, he's cooked. He's over yeah. the hill. And it was, it was because he was throwing to like nobody, you know, Rache yeah. Caldwell at one point and, you know, and then he gets Randy Moss and he's the best quarterback ever. And then he's not again. And then he gets Gronk and Hernandez. He's amazing. You know, so the weapons matter. And in this case, I think the coaching and the weapons are really good. I mean, obviously Waddle and, uh, excuse me, Tyreek, um, are doing something to defenses that really I don't think has ever been done. I mean, Tyreek Hill in and of himself is a unicorn, right? Mm -hmm. This sort of unique field stretcher that no one's ever seen at that that type of speed and electricity um, add Jalen Waddle and his basically mimic talents. I, mean, I felt yes. like Jalen Waddle was the closest thing we'd see to Tyree kill. Yep. And now they're on the same team and they, they had identical stat lines this last week. So Ridiculous. yeah. So I think there's something to believe in there. 
I don't know how good their defense is, which mm-hmm. is perfect for his pass yeah. attempts. Mm-hmm. I like the coaching. I think he's a, aggressive, creative, unafraid, um, bold. And I think that's all the things you need to have a pretty sustainable uh, quarterback going forward. Yeah. They're going to play the Bills. Bills are a tough defense, but I don't really give a shit because yeah. he could throw four or five picks and he's still going to yeah. throw four or five touchdowns because he's going to be in, in comeback mode. In terms of dynasty, I had two uh, kind of behind the Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, Matt Stafford, Kirk Cousins, and okay. I moved him all the way up to quarterback 11 um, this week, and I'm not sure if that's a little bit overreaction, but I have him ahead of you know Russell Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance now. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I feel like you know at this point, it, look, it's all job security and production, right? And I feel yeah. like he's going to produce in this offense, and I feel like he's gaining job security. He has that high draft capital. So, hey, look, a couple more games. I, I think I think we could be onto something with Tua here. I'm with you there. I think that I don't think it's necessarily overreactionary. I think it's just more bold, and I like that. Yeah. Bold bold statements are what you want to make. And I think the, the Miami Dolphins offense made that bold statement. That's why they went out and got Tyreek Hill. That's why they brought Mike McDaniel, and they thought they had the makings of something. Just get Tua in the right offense, and I think that. Right now, they're utilizing him to the best of his abilities, and he's going to quiet some people with his deep ball. It might not have the most zip in the world. He can get the ball down the field, okay? It's not an issue, so I love that. Now we talk about the opposite end of the spectrum. Hmm. Matt Ryan against the Jacksonville Jaguars defense that I don't necessarily think anyone saw coming last week. He only scores 1.8 points. This is a very weird one for me because I honestly thought Matt Ryan, obviously, he had some injuries on the offense. Like it wasn't a, a greatly great week for them to miss both their rookie Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman is probably a top of team receiver in the NFL. He had a bad week. So this is a bounce back opportunity for him. How do you think Matt Ryan's going to take this upon himself to maybe have a better week offensively against a chiefs defense that we've seen, especially later in games, get a little bit weak in terms of the bend don't break defense. We've seen them bend and break a lot of times. And this is a spot where, Teams want to go after the Kansas City Chiefs, especially off a loss like that. So how do you feel about Matt Ryan? I'm terrified. Uh, yeah. I, I am, man. I, I mean, because here's the thing. Like, when they signed Matt Ryan, everybody's like, oh, big upgrade at quarterback. And I, especially all the football heads, you know, and I was like, mm-hmm. maybe I'm missing something. I was just quiet about it. I never was right. like, get the hell out of here. But I was just really skeptical. And I wasn't drafting Matt Ryan, like, anywhere at all. I didn't – I just – um, I'll just sit on the sidelines and watch this. But now that it's happening, this was what I was afraid of. Yeah. And so now my sort of priors are being sort of fed. And here's the thing. I feel like nobody watched like the last two years in Atlanta. Right. Like, right. Like, <laughs> did we forget? Like, if you go back, like, yeah, prime Matt Ryan. Fuck yeah, man. I definitely think he's an upgrade yeah. over the last year of Carson Wentz and but I don't know that right now Matt Ryan is an upgrade on almost anybody just because he 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 kind of didn't look like he had much left in the in the in the in terms of zip yes. over the last two years in Atlanta. And I was like, well, all right, maybe they'll sort of scheme around him and it's a lot of JT play action and stuff like that. So far, no, no it's not working at all. So we're, we're going to have to see if if Matt Ryan is just sort of sawdust arm or if he can sort of get something going i'd be more afraid as it gets later in the season gets colder you know more reps i mean this should be when he's freshest you know ready to go so uh i'm i am terrified and i'd be looking to get off him in all all all, um all formats i mean obviously you can't get off him in best ball but 
you know, um, I'm, I'm not really rostering him in single quarterback redraft. Mm-hmm. And in terms of dynasty, oh my God, I'm just waiting for a good game and hope, hoping oh. it's this week and trying to package him up, but nobody wants him either. So yeah. it's, it's brutal. You just got to ride it out and watch him rot on your team. Sad. That's- it is sad. I was a big, maybe not big believer, but the first game they put up over 500 yards of offense. Matt Ryan was a good part of that. And I think that he was getting the ball to Michael Pittman in some advanced, some advantage advantageous situations. Unfortunately, he didn't have a safety blanket last week, throwing to likes of Ashton Doolin, Paris Campbell, uh, Michael Strykin. Like They just didn't have a great offense and the Jaguars seem to have their numbers. So I think Matt Ryan will have a, a more of a bounce back. I'm interested to see what, comes of this week if Michael Pittman plays but I'm in terms of trusting well, it him can't get worse I know I, I mean they scored zero points possible. yeah they For didn't even get a field no. goal like they got zero <laughs> points I mean in, you know if you looked at that slate pre week two and said pick the team that gets shut out yep no. I mean I don't know it would have been a while before I had picked Indianapolis you're, against, you're the, ne- against the Jags like you're uh, not wrong yeah yeah it's a tough spot. So, yeah, you're, you're right. He's going to have a, a little bit of bounce back, but I don't know if I trust him in the sense that I think he can be a starting quarterback for my fantasy team this week. So, yeah, I'm yeah, probably to, just going to To me, him. it's just how he supports every everything else. Like, right now, yeah. it's like I'm praying Matt Ryan is good enough or, or, or bad enough so that he gets replaced, but good enough to support. I mean, if you're a Pittman guy, you want him mm-hmm. – you know, you need Matt Ryan. Yeah. Uh, Taylor – you know, you 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 don't want this super awful negative game script every week. You want some, you know, the the, the offense to be moving and clicking. Ashton Doolin looks pretty good. I, yes, I'll say I kind of missed uh, on Paris Campbell. I, I, you know, the utilization is there, but the performance was not. I'm not sure if that's, uh, you know, just it can happen, right, week mm-hmm. to week. I mean, Devonte Adams had a bad week, so it's not like oh, one bad week, guy sucks. But I, I'm not so sure. It's Paris Campbell. I think Ashton Doolin is is working himself into a starting role right along with uh, Pittman. And if it's Pittman and Doolin's the real deal, look, Doolin I think is a good player. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came out of Nowhereville, you know, nowhere. And yeah. you know, I, I, I forget did he play at Malone? Was that his? Co- I, I think that's remember. yeah. I think so. I think so. Malone, I think, is where he, I that's think like. That's right. where, I don't even know. That's like a person. You know, it's not a college. <laughs> yeah. what the fuck is that? It's the first so, name. And, yeah, it's like some guy named Malone. Fucking <laughs> taught him some shit and let him play bat, uh, football in the backyard. But you know, uh, so yeah, I think that things could get better. The tight end's been awful too. I mean, whether it's Grace, uh, what's it, Granson? Yeah. Uh, you know, Mo Ali Cox. It, you know, nothing's working. Jelani Woods is is a ghost. So we'll just have to see if they can get better. But really, it's got to be JT. You got to throw swings to JT. You got to throw screens mm-hmm. to JT. You got to just find ways to get JT the ball. They didn't do that. He's their most explosive playmaker, even with Michael Pittman on the field. So hopefully Matt Ryan can keep it all together so that we can get more awesome JT. Yeah, that leads us kind of right into what well, another player we're going to talk about, there, who had a 7.7 game last week. And that's going to be something that we see bump up this week. He had... This Chiefs defense specifically is not has not historically over the past three or four years been a very good run defense. So they're going to definitely focus on that. The offensive line hasn't been the big thing about getting Jonathan Taylor more involved. And the best thing about Matt Ryan is that you can get the play action game going with Michael Pittman if you get Jonathan Taylor going. So I believe that he's going to have a bounce back game against the Chiefs. That's kind of how they're going to have to establish their offense. It's going to be through Jonathan Taylor. So I think that you can pretty safely assume that Taylor has a bounce back game from a 7.7 against the Chiefs defense who isn't a very good you feel the same you know it's kind of crazy you're wearing a Chiefs hat so let's yeah, just, I'm wearing a Chiefs hat 
are you a Chiefs fan and just a self-loathing Chiefs fan, or what's going no, on? I'm I am a Chiefs analyst. I cover the Chiefs for uh, an RG, <laughs> the RGR Football Channel, and that's what I do. But I've seen this defense be eaten up by running backs over the past three or four yeah. years. So it's more of just an understanding of what their weaknesses are. They are a, a bend don't break defense, <laughs> and Jonathan Taylor is an explosive player. They're also going to be down their best linebacker in this game so yeah i'm just just kind of riding with an understanding that they're going to win differently than just saying jonathan taylor's not going to beat them because eventually at some point he's probably gonna score a touchdown in this game yeah i mean the thing with jonathan taylor is that like you can't i mean he could have three weeks in a row of five points and you're playing him in the fourth week like yeah you you just can't go away from a guy like that you know um if you look at his production last year, there were he scored a touchdown every single game. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, yeah, there was a little bit of touchdown, uh, you know, regression coming potentially, especially, you know, if the quarterback is worse, which quite frankly, mm-hmm. I think it's worse. I think Matt yes. Ryan is now playing worse than Carson Wentz was last year. Carson Wentz was not that bad last year. He just fucking sucked in the most epic proportional oh, fashion at the end of the season failure. when they needed a win against an inferior opponent mm-hmm. who was laying down like that was just that's the reason it's because he he embarrassed his girlfriend in public you know what i mean yeah, he's right. been a good boyfriend the whole time like he'd take <laughs> her out to dinner the whole thing like he was opening doors everything he was a gentleman but then in public uh you know and she was scorned and that's what happened i i think they'd have been better off with wentz in some ways especially given what they had to give up. I, I don't know, man. I, I, it's not like I was like, oh, keep Wentz. He's great. But I was like, right. I don't know that this is an upgrade. Um, and so all that being said, that sort of, you know, JT needs an offense because he needs to score, right? Yes. So, but I also think that they should be targeting him more. I mean, I know Naheem mm-hmm. Hines is a better, like, quote, unquote, pass catcher, but he's not actually, you know what I mean? So, you know, same thing with the next guy you're going to mention too, right, eh? Right. I mean, and that's kind of funny because I think Nihia Hines is just a slot receiver that plays running back. I think that's what he is. I think necessarily when we yeah. talk about running back pass catchers, I think he's more like the Tony Pollard. Those guys are like slots, essentially, and they're really explosive in that part. But this guy, Aaron Jones, had a 32-point week last week, and this is kind of what I expected was going to happen this year with he and A.J. Dillon. It's going to be, we don't know what's going to happen like in terms of which, which running back is going to have the week. But it was Aaron Jones last week. And credit to their offense, understanding they're using more of their quote-unquote pony offense, using two running backs on the field at the same time. A.J. Dillon, more of the runner in this offense. Aaron Jones catching more passes out of the backfield yesterday and putting them more to use. So how do you feel right now about the Packers offense included with Aaron Jones? Do you think he's going to be the guy this year? Do you think that this is just going to be a a one-off week in terms of his production to A.J. Dillon's? And how do you feel about him? This year, and then an interesting topic about Dynasty with Aaron Jones, because he might not be in Green Bay next year. Yeah, um, good point. Yeah, that's very, very possible. Look, Aaron Jones, you know, I felt like had the the huge upside due to targets. Yeah. And he has five and three targets in the first two games. I mean, even this past game, not as good. Now, granted, game script, they were kind of mopping mm-hmm. them. So, you know, you look at their schedule upcoming. It's like Tampa Bay. That should be a, a, a pass game. Yeah, they're certainly not going to he's not going to run for 132 yards on 15 carries against them. Nope. Um, and then it, and then it, it gets a little soft. It's like New England, the Giants, the Jets at home, you know, Washington. It, it's not until like week eight. They play Buffalo, Detroit, Dallas, but it's mm-hmm. kind of a soft schedule. So, you know, it may be that he gets there with with touchdown upside. I don't know. I really wanted to see him get like, you know, five or more targets every game, you know, yeah. and sort of be yeah. that like like 
Eckler, you know, sort of yes, type of player exactly. where Dylan is the the guys that they've been looking for for Eckler, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, exactly. Um, and Aaron Jones is Eckler, and AJ Dylan is the most overqualified John. Uh, <laughs> what's his stupid name? Kelly. Uh, oh yeah, Josh Kelly, or even Josh Sonny Kelly, Michelle sorry. at this point. <laughs> yeah, or or Sony Michelle, right? And he just sort of you know touchdown score goal line guy can catch the ball. By the way, I'm not taking that away from him. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, with Aaron Rodgers not having all those targets, you sort of anticipated that it might get you know, that volume of pass att- pass attempts and targets to him. So I'm a little bit scared of that because he did score two touchdowns this past yeah. week and touchdowns aren't always there. But, and again, I'm looking for those targets. So I'd love to see some, some increased targets from Aaron Jones before I fully believe in his upside going forward. Yeah, that's the big thing here is because the offense is going through change. They're trying to find which rookie is going to step up, even which veteran is going to step up. And it, it they might end up going that way, especially if some of these rookies, Christian Watson, <coughs> keep dropping passes and the trust factor isn't there. I think that we know that he trusts Aaron Jones to an extent. So maybe yep. he will try vehemently to get him more involved in the offense. So, yeah, it's only week two for him. So I am I think that the volume for pass catching will get there. We just kind of have to wait and see. And like I said, this game against the Buccaneers this week is going to be laden with passes. It kind of has to be. They can't run the ball uh, against a typically stout defense, even though the Saints managed to do it last week. So I'm not counting on that going forward. Yeah, now, both, of these, both these players are playing well. Like Aaron Jones and yeah, A.J. Yeah, Dillon are sure. both like, you know, by every measure are just really, really awesome. Yeah, I didn't honestly didn't expect their, uh, AJ Dillon to be as good as he's been in the NFL. I watched him at Boston College and I was just a little underwhelmed, but players change in the NFL. I think this scheme in Green Bay with the floor with their offensive line has really gotten him into the player that he is. So, and he kind of, you know, cat catches the ball really well for a guy who didn't really do it in my opinion very well at Boston College. So, good for him for getting that up and being a really good one to punch with Aaron Jones. It's really kind of helped Aaron, Aaron Rodgers into his old age, kind of ease him out a little bit. You're going to run the ball a little bit more. Yeah, and I wonder what they're going to do. You know, it's going to kind of solve itself at some point. But, like, you know, right now the the snaps leaders for them at wide receivers, like Sammy Watkins, Christian yep. Watson, Romeo mm-hmm. Dubs, Randall Cobb, then Alan Lazard. It's kind of like they're all bunched together. I mean, but Sammy Watkins, you know, playing more than anybody. I'm not sure that that's what they want, you know. And, and yep. of course, the rookies – like I was surprised they drafted Christian Watson when um, George Pickens was there. That may turn out to be a big mistake, but whatever. You know, we'll see. I mean, Christian mm-hmm. Watson obviously has more speed than that guy, and he he showed it in Week One, Play One. Um, yeah. But um, you know, he dropped the ball, as you point out. So you know, we'll, we'll have to see what what happens uh, with the with the wide receiver core because that's going to really spell the the real upside of this team if they can just get some competent wide receiver play. Speaking of competent wide receiver play, the 10th overall pick in this last year, was it the 10th? Garrett Wilson. He was in the top 10. Close enough. He was in the top 10. 30 points last week against really what I thought was going to be a top five collective secondary in Cleveland, but Joe Flacco airing out the ball to Garrett Wilson all over the place. Honestly, this was not something I expected in terms of the production in the passing game this week. And Garrett Wilson, not just doing it in the end zone. He was manipulating corners. He was running savvy routes. He had a double move on on, on Ward. Where he just went to the post, to the corner, and he just put him in his place. And I just couldn't believe that, honestly. He wasn't at least that refined coming out to me. He had some work to do. But 30 points this week against the Cleveland Browns. Talk to me about Garrett Wilson. Well, pre-draft, I had him as my wide receiver one, just over Drake London and 
you know, I think it was just because he was the safest um, option at wide receiver. And then I moved Drake London back over him and I got a little bit scared with the Jets landing spot, mm-hmm. which cautionary tale. I don't know how many times story story as old as time. I mean, we did this with AJ Brown. We, we do yeah. it too often. Don't do it. Don't fade a receiver because of landing spot. Um, and so we're learning that lesson yet again. Uh, I, I don't know that I faded him necessarily, but I did probably shy away. It's probably the yeah. better way to uh, to put it. But I, I we're seeing what we saw and what we thought we had in this player. I thought maybe Elijah Moore was going to sort of crowd him out a little bit from target share. That was kind of the fear. Yeah. And like it was like, well, Elijah Moore's not going anywhere. And I'm not sure that these two guys are, you know, waddle Tyreek Hill talents. And I'm not sure that Zach Wilson's any good. And yeah. Sort of none of those things seem to matter right at this moment because yeah. it looks like Garrett Wilson's the alpha and he's going to, you know, cement himself as a superstar in this league. That's what it looks like. Um, you know, if we're just sort of reading the tea leaves, that's what it looks like. So I would not be surprised at all if, uh, you know, if this time next year, Garrett Wilson is a top 12 dynasty wide receiver. I think he might be getting there, like you said. But again, week two, we got to wait and see a little bit more. I, I'm Joe Flacco, man. I just. I watched that game and I couldn't believe Joe Flacco was doing this for Garrett Wilson. Good for him getting the ball down the field. And I, I think that Elijah Moore will, will get things going eventually. The He's getting open. I can tell you that yeah. much. Based on watching the, watching the games, Elijah Moore's getting open. Uh, it's not because he's not. So, yeah, Garrett Wilson, awesome. I think you can definitely trust him pretty much regardless of situation. Again, the Cleveland Browns secondary in terms of not just draft capital, but production over the last couple of years has been a very good secondary. And he was just getting open all the time. So that, that kind of segs us segues into a, a receiver that was pretty high this year. A lot of people were high on Darnell Mooney and the pairing between Justin Fields taking that next step. Well, week two, he's thrown 24 times. I think 24 times, something like that. Justin Fields has, and the ball is, is not getting down the field. It's not a very, efficient offense it's not a good offense it's bad it's a bad offensive line quarterback doesn't look good and darnell is not getting any help from anybody 0.6 points this past week against the green bay packers uh talk me off the ledge here okay because i want to believe in darnell no i'm not gonna the two the two players i was most concerned with in this offseason coming into the season were trey lance and justin fields and Mm -hmm. You know, Trey Lance was because he really just hadn't played but, yeah, like, one sure. season in the last, like, four years. Like, like legitimately hadn't played. Um, and that's one of those things. I mean, I do the anatomy of, a, of an elite quarterback, anatomy of a, mm-hmm. the anatomy series, and I basically take elite players and look at what they all have in common. And one thing at the quarterback position that all the elite players have is at least a certain number of uh, college starts or college mm-hmm. attempts. For sure before they're awesome in, in, in the pros. And it kind of stands to reason. It's like, you know, if a guy just didn't play because of this reason or that reason, like, oh, he didn't play till he was a junior or senior because he wasn't good enough. Well, then if he couldn't beat out the guy who was in front of him in college, why is he going to be yeah, elite yeah. in the NFL? Whatever, right? Well, obviously, we we excused away the, the, the Trey Lance stuff. Well, it was COVID. And I was like, well, yeah, but didn't he kind of just like, quit you know what i mean yeah. i mean yeah. it, it was kind of weird so and then he played at a small school and dominated okay well i don't know does that mean anything and he's all tools there's no real there there so it was like trey lance was super scary and then justin fields the whole reason i was scared for justin fields was well there was some some 
you know, NFL heads who didn't like this and that about him. All right, I'll take that with a grain of salt. But even if you think, okay, Justin Fields is kind of a a, a, a top level prospect, there was nothing around him. You know, the, yeah. I didn't know that the co- Eberflus, I mean, what was he like a fucking special teams coach or something? I mean, he's certainly not a, you know, a guy with a track exactly. record of, yeah. of putting together offenses. And th- that's not who he is. It's not like they brought in uh, Mike McDaniel or whatever is like, no, no, this is going to be good. Like, you know, felt good about Tua for those reasons. Right. And it's not like he had any weapons. I mean, everybody shouting about oh, Darnell Mooney, bro. It's like, yeah, dude. I mean, I love Darnell Mooney. I remember when he came out, I was singing Darnell Mooney's praises. I'm yep. a Darnell Mooney fan, but he was like, you know, a sixth round, whatever, fifth round pick or something. This is a, uh, you know, a secondary receiver speed guy who, you know, should uh, really thrive when he's got an alpha on the other side. That's who this guy is. He's not an alpha wide receiver. So, you know, that's a dangerous situation. I think it's going to be really, really bad there. And and like you say, I mean, the, the pass attempts aren't there. If they're not going to pass in a game where they're down, yeah. what was it, 24 to 7 for like the entire second half? When yeah. the are they going to exactly. pass? Like, this is bad. Oh, it's, it's real bad. bad. It's real bad, and I think the the, the thing the thing that a lot of people tied their their sleds to their skis to was that they brought in Luke Getzey from Green Bay. They're like, okay, Getzey's going to come over. They're going to bring some of that Lafleur offense. They're going to get some of that scheme in there to help Justin Fields. Where is it? Yeah. Well, the other Where thing you got to remember is that their team is terrible. Like every yeah. everything on there is awful. So like you know, team. it's just really really bad roster. And yeah. so with a really bad roster, you have to be that much better as a, as a coach. And I don't think that's what they've got there. I think the offensive line is awful. I think that's going to be terrible for so Justin Fields needs to be able to see the field better. And he yes. needs a coach that's going to help him see how things develop and how things, what, where his reads are. And when you see this, this is what you want to do. And all those sort of things that, you know, those re- repetitions that make you a better uh, processor of information correct, and to get the ball on time and on target. And, he's not doing any of that. Like you watch the game, he's just sort of like surviving and he's, and and if you're surviving, you're not going to thrive. So we've got to see a whole big step forward for that team for fields. And then maybe for Mooney. Yeah. Well, yeah. Talk about bust, bust Mooney. Now, yep. This is really where we can just kind of bash. Cause this, this (laughs) tight end group is a fucking, it's a shit show. I don't even know what to go about this. This is, not just one of the worst starts we've seen, but consistently there's guys like Ty Tyler Conklin, who is having just success because of targets. Like this isn't even a guy, a bunch of groups is getting a bunch of upside. There's not much here. What is this? What is this? Is this the devaluation of the tight end group for the entire, like the going forward? What What's happening here? I don't know. Well, this happens every year, right? <clears throat> and every single year we think tight end is 20 tight ends deep. And then it's three or four elite guys, and that's really what you wish you had. And if you don't have that, you're just streaming. Yep. And and you're picking up a guy like Conklin or Juwan John. If I if I rolled Snake Eyes on Albert O, which which I have done so far, considering the first two weeks, but I think this is more of a Denver problem, which we may get there. But you know, if you roll Snake Eyes on that, well, then I just have Tyler Conklin. I'm fine. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Th- there's no problem. It's not like, oh, but yeah, you took Hooper instead. And like, who gives a shit? You know, Hooper is <laughs> nothing. You know, you don't know what's coming. So you might as well lean into upside at tight end, try and catch the next Waller, Kittle, if it was Alberto. Hey, 
I heard some people talking about uh, Everett as that guy, and I agreed. I think Everett yeah. was an upside tight end to begin with this season as well, and he's showing that. Why? Because he's athletic on a high-powered offense. It's really easy. Big, strong, fast, athletic tight yep. ends who can play on every down, who are on a high-powered offense, just draft those guys and hope one hits if you're not able to get you know, a, a, a Waller, Kelsey, or Pitts. Ugh. Ugh. Pitts is having a rough go of it, but – um, I think that'll turn around, but you, does that make sense? I mean, that's the way to play tight end every year because Conklin's just going to be, be there for you. Yeah. Like, or if it's not Conklin, it's some other fucking guy, you know? Yeah. Uh, Everett was an interesting one. Cause typically the offense in LA with the chargers is more static. They don't offer a ton of yak opportunities, but it seems like they're figuring out, Hey, look, we have this athletic tight end. He, he can get yak yards. And he showed it on Thursday night last week where he was getting yak all over the field. And unfortunately, it kind of cost them a touchdown uh, at times. He got too tired and Justin, Field, Justin Herbert was like, ah, I'm going to go fast anyway. So that's unfortunate. But again, he's providing value because of the athleticism. So, you know, even OJ Howard had one week and he's still tight end 11 right now. That's uh, crazy. So that's, that's so much fun. Uh, that's, that's not really crazy. fun. That's, that's not fun not at all. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. yeah. OJ Howard just dunking all over <laughs> Kyle Pitts right now. So much fun. So this 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 group is awful. I think I Kyle Pitts it. has more targets than uh OJ Howard has snaps, but still OJ Howard outscores him so far. Does he though? Kyle Pitts has 10 targets. I th- I think that has more. Uh, I'm going to look it up right now for you just so that we can Oh man, please. I'm going to do it. Hold on. Let's I see how this. many how many snaps. <laughs> it's if it's he... not many. It's not. I know it's not. OJ Howard, uh, 30 snaps. He did okay. play a few this week. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Thank God. Uh, let's see. 12, 12 routes run. That's oh, that's it? it? That's it. 12 oh routes run. So he's got 12 so... routes run to 10 targets, and he's got him outscored. There you go. Absolutely disgusting tight ends. That's so disgusting. <laughs> so let's talk about some things that maybe aren't as disgusting. And we're going to talk a little bit about week three. And we're going to look at some of the highest, the higher point total expected games for DFS reasons, for guys to get you have on your, your lineups, trying to get them in as many as you can. Bills, Dolphins, we've already talked a little bit about the Dolphins offense, talked about Tyree Hill and Jalen Waddle. The running game is going to be a little interesting back and forth between these that team specifically, whether it's going to be Chase Edmonds or Raheem Mostert one week. But the expected point total in that game is 51.5. I think we can safely assume it's going over, and I don't necessarily think that there's any way that ha- that doesn't happen. And Josh Allen seems to be continuing to only ascend in the NFL. So when we talk about the Bills, specifically the Bills side, outside of Stephon Diggs, is there anybody, if Gabe Davis is healthy, let's just assume he's healthy, is there anybody you lean your hat on this week against the Dolphins that you think can really help out Josh Allen and a guy like Stephon Diggs? Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge, I mean, you know, I kind of made my name with Gabe Davis. So everybody knows me for that. But, um, you, you know, I think he's a boom-bust player, though. I mean, yeah. I, I, I understand that, you know. So, you know, but I think that the big plays show themselves on this team. I mean, it was clear again with, with um, you know, with uh, uh, Diggs going off in week two. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I think it's, uh, I, I think Gabe Davis is there. Here's the thing with this. I, you asked uh, a little bit about Waddle and Hill. Yeah. Um, you know, I had, I, I will say the one victory lap, if you want me to take one, I was going to wait till Go here to kind of give Do it. it. I feel like I was all over Waddle. As soon as Hill signed, everybody I, – I had Evan Silva name drop on the pod soon <laughs> thereafter. Uh, we do a free agent pod every year, and and uh, he, he was like, oh, this is bad for Waddle. And I'm like, is it, though? 
No. He's like, yep. I'm, and then if, he kind of came <laughs> off that, by the way. But his instant okay. – and so right from the beginning, I was like arguing with the GOAT a little bit over Waddle. And I was like, I don't think it's bad for Waddle. Like, mm-hmm. I think this is good for Waddle. Like, And he was like, I don't know if it's good. I'm like – and then I backed off that. I'm like, well, maybe not good, but I don't know if it's bad. And yeah. so at, at ADP, I was taking Waddle over Hill because then Waddle was going like – Hill was going like early second round. You know, second yeah, round. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then yep. Waddle was going like late third, sometimes fourth round in 12-man leagues redraft, you know? And so I feel like you get like a, almost a two-round discount, sometimes more, I'm sure, in different leagues. But basically, so you could have like, you know, Saquon and Waddle or like, you know what I mean? Or yeah, whatever, sure. yeah. right? And it was just like so <clears throat> good. Like, you know, so I felt really good about getting Waddle. And I thought there was like a 50-50 chance either or the other would – lead this team in fantasy points i felt like there was a much higher chance that if there was going to be a wide receiver one overall season from this team it was going to be tyreek hill but i just felt like the general range of outcomes was waddle was going to be there so waddle kind of is that and i think they're they're getting 60 percent of the targets from Tua combined like they're that's unheard of so it's all going there in terms of the third receiver look cedric wilson got hurt and came out of the game I've said, yes, look, yeah. I've taken Mike Gesicki and thrown him off the bridge <laughs> 78 times. He's not a tight end. He doesn't play tight end. He plays slot. Now, as soon as – guess what happened? As soon as Cedric Wilson got hurt, yep. Gesicki went from a 30% snap share guy to a 66%. Like, he basically played the whole second half, got four targets, scored a touchdown. Yep. And I'll tell you what, if, if Cedric Wilson is hurt, Gesicki's a pretty good play because he's their slot receiver. So, there it is. Exactly. And I think that a lot of people kind of – forgot that Cedric Wilson was there to be the slot guy and really honestly to take because Mike Kosicki they wanted him to be the, the inline tight end well guess what he's not they can't do that and I'm not sure what their process was in that but again you bring in Wilson he's only going to play slot you have a res- slot tight end and now you, you're relegating him to being a backup essentially so now he's going to have those pot those spots there and it's a really good play in a game where we expect to score lots of points I talked a little bit about the running backs now this is interesting from the Miami perspective because I think that they looked better last week with Raheem Mostert taking over most of the the snaps they were a little bit more creative they got him on some sweeps they actually used them both on the field at the same time where they had Raheem Mostert in the slot and Edmonds in the backfield they do a play fake with like an outside zone and then bring Raheem Mostert back on the outside that that can be a lot of interesting a lot of fun for this offense if they continue that up and for me I'm looking at Raheem Mostert as a guy that one was free everywhere you didn't have to worry about it and we saw chase Edmonds get steam especially towards the end of the season i think i'm leaning towards raheem mostert as being the guy that i'd rather have in terms of chase Edmonds. probably going to get more targets more than likely but in terms of i know people don't want to be playing it safe but he's going to be on the field a little bit more in the week to week where i think that raheem mostert can take it take the majority of the rushes he's going to get targets every now and then he got three and same as chase Edmonds. so for me, I'm probably leaning towards Moster. What about you? I mean, I already whiffed on this one because I thought Edmonds was going to be a pretty <laughs> pretty substantial play this year. Week one, you know, I mean, my man, Dwayne McFarlane, he tweeted it out. It was like, Chase Edmonds is the guy. Based on utilization report in week yeah. one, I'm like, yes, this is exactly what I need. <laughs> this is the guy I've been, I've been sort of calling as a really, really strong late round running back and then when they got rid of sony michelle and everybody his his value spiked everybody else sort of got on board i'm like man yep. i'm so ahead of adp on this guy I've, wherever i've got him i've got him way cheaper than market 
this is going to be great. Um, and then week two happens and it was a real, I mean, he just most are dunked on all of us. And yeah. I, I don't know, man, I, I'm not sure that that holds. I'm just really unsure now, yeah. but my bet is still on Edmund. So I'm going to keep the chip there and just say that he's better. He makes more money and he's going to work his way back onto the field or most of it's going to get hurt because he can't handle the volume because he never has ever in his entire career. So one of those two ways, I think Edmonds will find his way back to the lead role on this team. You know, whether it be this week or not, I'm not sure. But I think at some point or another, you know, uh, Edmonds is a great buy low. Yeah. If for no other reason than if everybody's jumping off the ship, it's still a very, very likely uh, possibility that he regains control of that backfield. This is one thing I know we all can agree on. Just don't trust Shanahan tree people with running backs. Just don't <laughs> sure. do it because there's right. no reason to. <laughs> no. All Rude. right. Now, this is a game that I didn't necessarily expect to have a high point total before the season started. Eagles versus, as you say, the C-words, expected point total, 50.5. I can't – honestly, this is kind of an exciting game to watch for me. Yes. Because Carson, Carson Wentz is literally throwing it all over the place. Now, the reason he's doing that is because they get down early in games and he throws picks. But I don't care. This is going to be a fireworks show with Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz throwing it all over the place. Now – I this unexpected Washington offense right now. I obviously Terry McLaurin is going to get involved, but we've talked a little about Samuel already. Jahan Dotson is the, the in my opinion, he's the real deal. He looked like the real deal in at Penn State. I think he and Terry McLaurin make a really nice one-two punch for this wide receiver core. And Carson Wentz is unlocking them. Talk to me about this offense and what you think, especially against what we saw from Darius Slay shutting down Justin Jefferson, how this offense can look to put points up against the Eagles defense. Yeah. Um, doesn't it feel a little bit like a house of cards though? Yeah. Like, oh, it does. Always does. Right. You know, you got this Wentz, you got the, the, the C words, the, the, just that maroon uniform. You're ready for it to just all go wrong. Like, I don't know there. It just feels a little bit like a house of cards, but you know, mm-hmm. they've played two, you know, I mean, I think if you could preseason ask for two better matchups, you wouldn't have penciled it out too much better than what they had. I know that maybe, you know, these teams are better than we thought, but isn't that, that's always the case. In any event, I don't know that he he faced two world beaters. This Philly defense poses a little bit of a different threat for sure. I don't know, man. I'm very, I'm very interested to see what happens and how long this can go. To your point about Dotson, I think I'm ready to say I sort of missed on him. I've pushed him way too far down. I'm in like 15 or so Mm -hmm. uh, dynasty leagues. And I think I've only got him once or twice. So guaranteed he was available to me way more times than that at value. And I missed him. So it's going to be on me. It kind of feels like Terry McLaurin all over again, you know, in some ways uh, considering they're the same team. Uh, but whatever, you know, be ready to be wrong. I'm ready to be wrong on dots. And I think he's mm-hmm. probably the real deal. Uh, he has caught two touchdown passes or excuse me, two straight games with touchdown passes, yes. three total. Yeah. Obviously that won't hold. I don't think Correct. he's going to, you know, have 485 career touchdown catches or whatever. <laughs> right. So, so that's probably gonna, that's probably gonna fade, but five targets per game starting opposite of Terry McLaurin. And I don't think it's going anywhere. So I think Mm -hmm. the production's there. I think you can count on this guy. So that's really the takeaway. And, um, you know, for this game, like you could tell me anything, like you could tell me that it's (laughs) going to be like 55 to nothing Eagles beat them or like, you know, 13 to 10, I believe anything. So like, 
I, I, these divisional games are always generally closer than we expect yes. them to be. I know everybody thinks the Eagles are going to stomp them and probably will, but um, I don't know, man. It, I, th- you're right. This is one of those that I actually do want to watch. It's going to be a great I game. Know. Mostly because of this Jalen Hurts situation. Like, yes, Jalen Hurts. You know, look, Jalen Hurts is like the one of the best athletes in the league at the quarterback position, period. Like, yep. you know, I, I think it's like two or three. I mean, Lamar's one, but, you know, right after that, it's like all kinds of Jalen Hurts is amazing. Yes. And last year he showed flashes of like dope quarterback play. And then, of course, the playoff game, he got smoked. Everybody's like, ah, oh, he's not the guy. He's just not a real quarterback. You know, he's just a running guy. And it's like, I'm not sure either thing is right. But now all of a sudden it's like, if he can put it all together, and of course, give him a checks notes, AJ fucking Brown. Right. It's like, right. That, that helps, right? So the running game is going. I love Miles Sanders. That was a nice win for me in the offseason. I thought he was a, a huge bounce back mm-hmm. candidate. So far, so good. Uh, Miles, if he can stay healthy, Sanders. But give Hurts this uh, this weapon and AJ Brown, and the whole team just looks so much more efficient. And not surprisingly, no, it's not. He has been much better than he was last year. It's not even close. I always said if he took that step, throwing the ball more over the middle, this was going to happen. Last year he was a very I'm going to throw it outside the numbers. That's what I'm good at. But AJ Brown kind of changes the dynamic of the offense and the defense is responding accordingly to that. So he's done yep. a very good job of at least so far taking advantage of that. It definitely doesn't hurt to have AJ Brown on the team. Just quickly, right. which running back do you want from this game in terms of this weekend? Who would you rather have? AJ, you know, would you have Sanders? Yeah. Rather have um, just in terms of fantasy? Gibson. Would you rather have Sanders or Gibson? Yeah, I guess I'd rather have Sanders. Right? What do you think? I- I think I'm I'm going to take Gibson. I think that the the commanders are going to be down in this game. He's going to get targeted quite a bit. I, I yeah, think that he's possible. already gotten quite quite a bit of targets more than people expected him to. So I think I'll take the guy who's probably going to be down, getting more targets as, as well as the work. So good call. Never never really know. Now let's talk. The very last thing we're going to do today, just some quick hitting over under some fantasy because why not? This is a lot of fun. Jared Goff versus the Vikings over under 20, 21 points. Okay, so let me preface this by saying I generally go under on all these things. Okay. You know, I, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, and, and I'm not saying that they're just because, like, the I feel like there's more, like, you, it's really unfun to bet unders. It's like the most yes, it is. beta thing it is. to do in the whole world. Like, you're just like, yeah. no, I don't know if he'll get there. You know, so it's, <laughs> it's like so, so much more fun to be like, dude, he's getting there. Let's go, baby. Yes, like, I'm it's, in. it's just so different, like, emotionally and like how you, yeah. you know, like the case you want to make. It's like, it, you just feel, I don't know if he's going to be good. You know, it's like, come on, get out. So <laughs> anyway, but listen, I, I'm, I'm pretty much under all these things. Look, I don't love Jared Goff against the Vikings. I, I mean, yeah. you know, I don't love Jared Goff at all. I mean, I think he's overcome a lot. But look, it could get to be a bit of a shootout in this game. And Goff's been – he hasn't been great, but he's been, you know, uh, prolific because they're yes. just they're, – they're, yes. they're needing to score, right? Yeah. So does I think that might continue against the Vikings. I just don't know when this train stops because, you know, Jared Goff's not going to be a top 10 uh, fantasy quarterback by year's end. No, you're, you're probably right. And I also, I'm a little more lenient with the Lions offense right now. I think that they're schematically, they're a lot of fun to watch. They're, doing a lot of they're awesome. They're, they're, they're so much fun. Ben Johnson gets so much credit. Dan Campbell is a much better offensive mind that people give him credit for. The reason I'm going to take the over on, on the points is because I'm in Ross St. Brown. I think that 
the amount of, even just DeAndre Swift out of the backfield. Uh, that could get him there in this game where I expect him to be down. So I, I'm going to go over because, again, but but these, like you said earlier, these division games could be weird. You could you know, literally it's, tell me. <laughs> it's crazy. I, I, I didn't even realize it. it the, the bet probably should be over. That, that's a 53-point over-under in this game. Wow. Did you see that? 53. That changed from what I had written down. I have 51.5, but still, like, it's it's up there. So that's like an – I mean, that's a huge implied point total for yes. both teams, but certainly even Detroit, who's who's underdog by six. I love Detroit in the game, by the oh, way. Oh, yes, yes. You know, I, give me six points all day long. Yeah, so all day. Yeah, so – <laughs> right dude this detroit team i've been saying it all right i don't know if you're, you're a listener that you don't have to be but i've been saying i've been saying on twitter too like you know and of course jared goff is kind of playing his way out of this statement being totally true but i said the detroit lions should trade for gardner Minshew and start him immediately okay that, that would be it, fun it would be that's fun. right It'd that's be a lot it. of fun <laughs> that, how much fun would uh dan campbell and gardner Minshew like jean shorts you know flannel cutoffs <laughs> You know, just you know, rolling into the yes. you know, getting tattoos together and like they would come into practice mustache. with tattoos. I feel like they would buy matching so well. fucking tattoos. Like just yeah, dude, you just pounding like shotgunning after the game. Like I don't know, man. Th- I need this in my life. And like yes. Detroit, you know, they're 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 a sneaky playoff bet mm-hmm. um, because the NFC's down and like yep, you know even exactly. like Dallas is down and like there's some teams that are like ooh, not so sure. You know, they're they're you know. There's some teams that are looking shaky. I mean, name seven teams you like in the NFC, you and can. you'll get to five and go and start looking. You'll be like, <laughs> yes. hmm, who else? And you know yeah. who sticks out is fucking Detroit. Detroit dude. Lions, baby. Detroit. I'm loving them this year. They're like my they're my uh they're my adopted team this year from the beginning. So I've been fun. saying Detroit, let's go. They're so much fun to watch. All right, love we'll, it. Last quick three Christian McCaffrey versus the Saints over under 19 points. <sighs> I mean, again, you know, I'm I'm a boring guy. I just, you know, I just want oh, some vanilla, vanilla milk, you know, maybe uh, under, under. Just, you know, are, are they ever going to target him? What the fuck yeah. are they doing? That's the biggest like, problem here. Like, you've got, like, honestly, if 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 he could never take a, a snap again out of the backfield, he's probably a top 15 slot wide receiver in the league. Like, yes. am I being Easy. right? That's not Easy. crazy, is it? He's probably top 10 slot receiver, to be honest. Right? We're being honest, yeah. I mean, I'm not even trying to be like, oh, hot take no, guy. Like, it's not I hot take. <laughs> uh, so what the fuck? I don't know, man. <laughs> What's it's fucking Baker, man. Baker's playing like crap too. Like he's not being what he was even at his peak in Cleveland. No. He's yeah. not being that. So check down King was never really his strong suit. He wants to throw it down the field. It's just honestly. Put Christian McCaffrey at the wide receiver out wide. Tell me he can't beat a corner at least three times in a game for a deep ball. Tell me he can't do it. Yeah. I, so, I don't yeah. know. I'm with let, you on let, the under, by the way. Let me see here. He's had uh, he's had six slot snaps and one wide snap all all, all season. <sighs> nope. Nope. So, I mean, I'm not suggesting he should play a ton in the slot. But, um, you know, he's, yeah. he's had uh, 53 routes run on looks like uh something like 75 or no more than that but uh, uh, uh enough pass attempts damn it yes, you know yeah, yeah. Uh, 75 yeah so he's had um he's had only 53 out of 75 so he's only running routes on you know it's just not enough 
70 percent you know like Just you need ridiculous. him almost 100% route participation yep. when he's in the game you know what I mean he's basically exactly. in the game all the time so you know I don't know I just think that he's a guy that should be you know shy Smith has more routes run than Christian McCaffrey you think that's maybe that's a problem criminal 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 Carolina come on do better I'm with you yep. on the under because I don't I don't trust him Juju versus the Colts under 13 or under four or under third under or over. I just can't speak right now. 13. That's right. I'm coming back for the over. Um, yeah, <laughs> there you um, go. I mean, I've been praising Juju, uh, you know, I, Juju and Amon Ra were the two guys. I was like, <clears throat> you know, whenever the question was who's this year's Cooper cup, it yeah, was like, yeah. those are the two guys you kind of look at as like, I don't know. Those are the slot guys that have a little bit more than just slot roles that could score touchdowns. And I, I mean, I, I, the only problem I had with Amon Ra was I wasn't sure the touchdown upside is there, but he showed touchdown yes. proclivity in that yeah. offense. So I was like, well, maybe he can get, you know, super high volume plus a little bit of a spike in touchdown. But, like, nobody's going to be Cooper Cup, like, you know, triple crown, 2,000 yards receiving, not that type of thing. But mid-round pick that was going to return, you know, wide receiver one, top-end wide receiver one season. Um I still think Juju has that upside because it's not like they have a ton of other weapons other than yeah. Kelsey at the wide receiver position. Um, you know, so I think Juju can find his way in that offense. Um, that it would be nice if MVS were good because then he could take some attention deep, but nobody really gives a shit about MVS at all, including He's Patrick terrible. Mahomes. And that makes it a little bit more difficult for Juju to win in the mid in intermediate routes. But I, I like Juju over, probably score a touchdown. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I don't think the Colts defense is any good, and I think Juju can can do that, especially with Mahomes throwing the ball. Last one for the day, T. Higgins coming back a little bit, a little bit from his injury versus the Jets, over under 16 points. It's a lot. It I'm just going to go points. under because why not? Because, I mean, it's just more likely he scores less than 16. But, That's true. Um, you know, I mean, just, you know, he probably scores 16 or less more often than he scores 16 or more. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, I didn't, I did zero preparation for this last question. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> no, no. But I mean, like, I didn't look that shit up. That's just a take. That's probably true. I don't have that as like the data, but. Um, oh yeah. I understand. You know, it's like a, a player's average. They normally score under their average more often than they score over it. They just have like, you know, if someone averages 16, they score 13, 14, 10, mm-hmm. 13, 38. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. they get, yeah. like, like their overs are like spike weeks and their unders are like, oh, just barely missed it. So that's why it's always better to go under. That's why that, you know, that vanilla take. But, you know, when you're wrong, you feel like a donkey. Yeah, it, ma- it makes sense. I, I'm I'm only going to go over because I think that the Jets pro- provide a perfect opportunity for the, the uh, Bengals to get right offensively. You think? And yeah, and I think this is a game where T. Higgins maybe doesn't have the most targets because Chase will have those. But he scores like two touchdowns. So yeah, I'm going to take the over because I think that that can happen. So yeah. Thank you. Thank I've, you I've so got much. a question back at you yeah, though, since we're on bring T it. Higgins and Cincinnati in a get right game. Yeah, bring it. This is this is going to be fun. I, it's a bonus question for my pod today that I'm going to give Jake Sanderson, so that you get to answer it right here. All right. Before he does, but nobody's going to know your answer until you know. <laughs> comes up. Right. So check it out. Trevor Lawrence or Joe Burrow in Dynasty? Who do you have? That's a fun question. Right, because um, I mean, uh, like, uh, two months ago, it was that was a dumb question. It was a dumb question two months ago. Dumb question, like someone would be like, what "The fuck are you talking about, dude?" But now it's like, "Oh, should I be thinking about that?" Yes, you should be thinking about that. You should be. And if so, you can trade Joe Burrow for Trevor Lawrence plus, I recommend doing it in Dynasty. But the question is, straight up, if you just had to like somehow mm-hmm. or another have one, not the other, you just right. can't have them both. You know what? Which one? 
would you rather have? And it's kind of a little bit of a question. I, I mean, I, th- I think it's still Joe Burrow, obviously, but like, I don't know. Is it? So we have two games. Okay. We, it's two games. I've watched both from both quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence is taking strides in the areas that he needed to pocket management, going through his reads, all that. He looks good and comfortable. And we know that the offensive line in Cincinnati has been poor at, at best. Joe Burrow was still the answer. He has yes. the weapons. He I has agree. the success. If Trevor Lawrence has this whole season and he continues to do this, the question now it becomes, okay, now which one are we doing here? But yeah. right now it's still Joe Burrow in my That's opinion. That's the correct answer. It <laughs> is still the correct answer, but it's it's a fun question because Very you, fun. you know, like like I said, like you know, two weeks ago even you're like, dude, so what do you even stupid ass? You know, <laughs> right stupid. now it's like oh well I should answer Joe Burrow, but wait. Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait, wait. You know, it so the, the panic on Joe Burrow is probably a little bit too too rash, but he's getting hit a lot. A lot. It's not good. It's really not good. Like the, he's still people thought they fixed the offensive line. It's not fixed. He's still getting it's hit not. too many times. Too many times. Bengals, yes. fix it. Fix that shit. We don't want to see Joe Burrow on the floor. We want to see him throwing touchdown passes to Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Yeah, so, they've yeah. got to do that thing where like they just create chips, you know, where like you know, uh, yes, the, yes. The, the tight end might go on on a pattern, but before he does that, like he's coming in motion, he just fucking wrecks the defensive Wreck end, you know, and like just then you go and you're like, it, that's fine. You buy so much more time, you give your offensive line like an effective double where he doesn't need help, but he kind of did get help so that he can help yes. el- elsewhere. And, you exactly. know, it's just they got to scheme that shit. So often I see teams like they're getting beat around the edge, beat around the edge, and they do literally nothing schematically. Nothing. It's nothing. like, Dude, why wouldn't you do something schematically? Like you're, you're the the guy's gonna not win this matchup for the rest of the game. Like that is what's happening here. You know, it's like you see it with like Crosby, you're just like yes, ripping a guy over Lord. the edge, ripping him, ripping him. You're like, well, maybe fucking I don't know, do Get something him. about that. Like throw a tight end over there. Like just for, <laughs> even for window dressing, it does kind of yes. change it schematically somewhat. It's just I find it amazing when they're like nope yeah. on an island the rest of the way you're good like no this <laughs> is bad run a running back he has to go inside he has yes. to he can't stay outside just do that's it. it Come on. that's what i'm saying oh. exactly yes so yes. frustrating <laughs> all yes. right on that note thank you so much for joining this was a great great time i had a great time i hope you guys enjoyed it this really was my you were my first guest in season so i appreciate you coming on and tell everyone what you're doing what they can go find you all that fun stuff yeah, um, Jax Falcone at Dino Game Theory on Twitter. Uh, you can check my podcast. It's a it's a long winded one, as you can tell. I'm usually talking too much. Now we we do it's go perfect. long form. It's usually okay. an hour or so more. You know, probably more. Everybody's like an hour. That that'd be a short show for you, motherfucker. <laughs> but um, the Undrafted is what it's called. You can find all of everything we're doing at the Undroppables on Twitter and at uh, excuse me the the Undroppables dot com um, on our website. Uh, there's just a lot going on there. We, we're kind of a one-stop shop, offensive line rankings, all sorts of amazing, you know, stuff that we're trying to put together on a great site so that it's sort of a one-stop shop. And, you know, we've always been uh, friends with the astronauts, so I'm happy to do this show and, and, and grateful that you had me on. So thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you again so much. Looking forward to have you on in the future. Everybody, this is Daniel Harms, your host. You can find me on Twitter at inharmsway19, and we are blasting off again. Thank you, guys. See you next time.